Stock Dads are back for season two of their hit podcast, Stocks and Sandals. Following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to build generational wealth. So tuck in your t-shirt, put your Crocs in sport mode, and let's grill up some profits. Here are your hosts, DJ Brown and Mike Zabala. Everybody, welcome back to the Stocks and Sandals podcast. This is your host, Mike Sabala, and I am joined by DJ Brown. And we've got a, uh, a guest I'm pretty excited about today, DJ. We've been trying to uh, you know, get him on, sucker him into the podcast for a while, so I'm excited. Yeah, no, uh, I am too. You know, this is a dad podcast, and our guest, Larry, is well aware it's not always easy to, uh, and this is kind of a perfect segue into the episode too, but it's not always easy to kind of squeeze things in. And, you know, we've just kind of had scheduling conflicts for a while where it's either we couldn't make it work or, or Larry couldn't make it work. We have Larry Hagner with us uh, from the Dad Edge podcast, the Dad Edge community. Super excited to have him on. If you've never listened to his podcast, definitely check it out. I believe you're writing a book too, right, Larry? I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to you. Just kind of introduce yourself and tell people a little bit more about you and your mission and all that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, yeah. So I, I am, I am getting, I'm halfway through the first draft of my fourth book. This one's going to be called legendary fatherhood. So yeah, we, we've got a, a hashtag and, and a quote that we live by and that's live legendary, right? Cause most, most of us dads, we, um, we have every intention to do that, but uh, where we usually unfortunately fall short is, is the knowledge and the skill set to do that. And, you know, the cool thing about us as fathers, and I'm one of them, I'm like first in line, right? I'm like the hair club for men. I'm like, I'm not only the president, the founder, but I'm also a client. And uh, I still have full head of hair, though. <laughs> but All right. But, you don't have to, DJ, I mean, you don't have to DJ. brag. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm just going to go ahead and, you know. Well, I, did, I have it. used Rogaine for the past four, 10 years. So, like, you know, that, that keeps my hair. How about that? Maybe I'll try that out. <laughs> and then they can sponsor us. There you go. There you go. We've asked for it too. They, they haven't, they haven't responded. That's okay. We've anyway. Uh, so, you know, the dad edge, I mean, really that's, it's kind of like what you guys do, right? It's like stock dads. You know, I, I have a financial advisor who helps me because I don't have the time, nor do I have the bandwidth, nor to be honest, I mean, this sounds probably terrible and maybe even slightly financially irresponsible, but I, there's not a part of me, a deep de- desire to learn every intricacy known to man when it comes to finances. I I depend on somebody to help me navigate through that because I just simply don't, I don't have a C, I think was a CFP, right? Certified CFA. Yep, CFA, CFP. There's there's both of them. Yeah, certified financial advisors. I mean, those guys have to go through a lot of training for that. You know, and what Dad Edge is really all about is helping provide training for men, husbands, and fathers. And not because we're broken or because we're dumb. It's because simply think about it this way. Society really sets us up, us fathers and parents in general, too. But I think more fathers for absolute failure and and expectation that we should know how to navigate marriage. We should know how to navigate fatherhood without any problems. I just interviewed not too terribly long ago, UFC Hall of Famer legend Frankie Edgar. And he and I were joking about this. I was like, man, I was like, you know, think about this for a minute. How many years and minutes have you spent in the cage? Well, Frankie Edgar actually holds currently 
he is the number one fighter in the UFC with the, with the highest number of minutes in the cage. So think of all that experience, not just that experience, but also think about all the training that went into that, right? Almost so much so that it's muscle memory. And the comparison that we made was, I was like, man, can you imagine if like, I, I love martial arts. I did martial arts for a long time. I'm 185 pounds. Frankie is 145. But if I got in the ring with him, he would pummel me. He would absolutely pummel me, especially if I didn't do any prep work, any training, learn new new skills, no nothing. I just winged it. Be like, well, uh, I've seen fighting. I've done a little bit of fighting. So I, you know, hopefully it works out. And I would get pummeled. And here's the funny thing. I wouldn't blame myself. I'd be like, well, of course I got pummeled. pummeled. I didn't train. Friends and family would be like, uh, of course you got pummeled. You didn't train. Yet we, we enter into fatherhood and we enter into marriage, like getting pummeled because we don't have the training. And normally what I've seen too, for doing this work now for over 10 years is that the majority of us come from, who are fathers and husbands. Now we come from a blueprint that maybe wasn't ideal. I'm not saying it's bad, right? I mean, a lot of guys have pretty good experiences, but when you ask them like, Hey, what did your parents teach you about marriage? And they're like, I don't know. You know, I, I think maybe some things of what not to do. Um, but I did see them have some good times or I didn't really see them interact or my parents got divorced. So there's all kinds of things, right? And that's what we depend on. That's our blueprint. And for men to raise their hand and be like, you know, hey, I'd like I'd like some extra help with this. There's almost like this shame factor of like, oh, you don't know how to do this naturally. And I think if more men were like, uh, no, I don't. But here's the thing. I want to and I want to learn. It's kind of like fighting, right? It's like, uh, I don't have all the skill sets to go defend myself. Well, do you want to learn? Yeah, I want to learn. Let's go. I, my chances in that fight are going to be a heck of a lot better if I have some training and some skills. So just going back to what it is, I mean, I, I started this back in 2012. And my, you know, I'm happy to share anything you want to hear about my background or childhood, but it really came out of a horrible, dark moment in my own fatherhood journey. I say this all the time, and I'll, I'll wrap your question with this. I've been married for 18 years. Uh, I've spent 10 of those years just completely lost. And it wasn't because there was not intention there. There every single every single part of me wanted to have a fulfilling marriage, an extraordinary marriage. And I kept literally face planning over and over and over again. I couldn't figure it out. So what did I do? I would just do the same thing over and over and over. I'm like, why am I not getting different results? Really came out of a dark moment. No, I mean, I think that's really powerful. And I think, you know, like, the, I can relate in a lot of ways to, you know, just going into all of this blind and then, you know, and then not on, not only on top of that, like life throws a whole bunch of different scenarios and situations at you that aren't even necessarily, you know, father or marriage related, but then you're supposed to learn how to navigate those while still being a father and, and, you know, still being a husband and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's, that's really important, you know, a really important mission and, you know, I honor that. And I think stock dads, you know, feeds a portion of that, you know, we're a little more niched and stuff, you know, as far as like the financial side of things, but I think that the power, uh, you know, is, is there as well for sure. Yeah. I think it's helpful. Cause, so disclaimer, Larry, I am not a dad nor am I married. So like right now, this is like, I am training right now. Like stock dads helped me doing that. Like listen to your podcast has helped. So you know, I can't really rely on DJ as a model. So that's why we brought you on to try to help out. <laughs> Did you hear that DJ? He's messing with you, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. It is what it is. No. 
one of the main factors and what we're going to focus on today, because we could talk about a billion different things, you know, from fatherhood. But I, the one thing that I want to kind of focus on today, which is still a pretty broad topic, but, you know, I kind of want to laser in on a little bit is just work life balance. So I think the one of the hardest things for myself, for most dads, for most people in general, I mean, it's not even a super dad specific issue, but I think it gets a little bit more intense when you are a father and husband, but is just being able to balance all those things, you know, like work and life and being able to build a life that, uh, or a career maybe that you're passionate about and that you enjoy while still not, you know, making sacrifices and things like that for your children and your, your spouse so that they're also fulfilled. So, you know, I'm just going to start really, really broad and just kind of ask you your opinion on like, what is work-life balance in your eyes? I mean, what is that? Like, how do you define work-life balance yourself? There's no such thing. You know, I think if anybody sells you a, a bag of goods that says you can achieve work-life balance, I say you run because there, there really is no, there, there is no balance. When, when, so if you think about five elements of being a husband, man, and father, like the things that circle our mind and hearts at all times, I'm talking about the five broad ones, because if you look at each one of these five areas, each one of them have micro areas within them, right? So like, let's take something that your audience would really, uh, would really appreciate, right? One of the five areas we call them the five dimensions of being a husband, man, and father is mastering your personal finances. Now, I don't know about you guys and I don't know about your audience, but I think if we took a poll of like, Hey, how many people in high school or college took a personal finance course to truly understand cash flow, paying bills, saving, you know, debt, interest rates, all those things, hardly any hands would go up. It's just not something we're taught. We're, we're taught polyallograms for some crazy reason, but we can't, we don't understand our own taxes. That's unfortunate. The other area is optimizing physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health. When men get married and when they start a job and a career and they start having kids, the first thing we stop taking care of is ourselves. Physically, mentally, and emotionally, we stop. So physically, it's like, well, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't have time anymore. Mentally and emotionally, we sort of live this very quiet life of go figure it out, don't ask for help, shut up, muscle through it, man up, grow a set of balls, all these things, right, that I, quite honestly don't help. You can be a very masculine man and be like, hey, man, DJ, I don't have communication figured out with my wife and I'm trying to figure it out. So how do you optimize communication with your wife? And what you, what I would do in that situation, I'm putting you, that's what we call crowdsource wisdom or experiential learning says, then I can learn from you. Right. But I have to ask for it. Uh, the other area is, uh, creating extraordinary marriage. That one's really hard. There's actually a skill set behind that. There's four elements of an extraordinary marriage. There's self-care, taking care of yourself. You got to take care of you before you take care of her or those kids partnership. That's the business side of marriage. That's the chores, that's the roles, that's the bills, that's the schedules, that's the managerial things, right? Those, that's not so sexy, but that's where 50% of arguments happen. And that's where emotional resentment starts. So you got to take care of that one. Then there's friendship. At the end of the day, are my wife and I friends? Are we friends? Are we buddies? Are we in each, other, each other's fan club? And then the final one is lovers. And we all know what that one is if we're a man. Now, if you think about those four pillars, they sit on a foundation of creating an environment of psychological safety, connected communication, and intimacy. And within communication and intimacy, there are nine skill sets, right? I won't go over those for time. Then there's being a father, a parent, a guide, a leader. And that really is creating an environment of psychological safety, boundaries, 
and guidance for your kids. Psychological safety is also really a big one because as our kids get older, I have teenagers now and I'm happy to say my, my teenagers, they tell me everything. Like there are some things that my 15 year old will tell me and I'm like, I can't believe he just told me that. And out of, for his privacy, I won't share it, but I'm like, wow, he's very open, right? Which is really cool. But that also, he feels comfortable. He feels safe. I've built that. We've built that together. And then the final one is being a leader, being an effective leader. Now to answer your question, balance, right? There is no balance. Because in those areas or in any areas whatsoever, parenting, work, marriage, our own health, faith, like our spirituality, friendship, community, these things are going to pull our attention constantly. It's just a matter of like, okay, what area of my life needs more attention in this season? Well, it's marriage. Me and my wife, we're kind of in the season right now where we need to sort of build some things back up again. Or maybe it's like, hey, my marriage is good, but I feel very disconnected from my teenagers. Or I feel very disconnected in my case, my five-year-old. I don't have much of a connection with my five-year-old. I'm working on that. So I need to put some more attention there for this season. Hey, financially, we're not doing so great. Like maybe I need to buckle down and get really, really deliberate with my money. And maybe work, for, if you're a full-time provider, work will take some of your time more than others here and there, right? You're gonna have to put more time into your job or your business than normal. And sometimes that will subside. Now, here, here's what, here's the answer to your question. You will never have balance. Uh, the areas of our life that require and demand our attention will never be in perfect harmony ever. The secret really is how can you be effective with minimal time? How can you create skill sets in your life that is going to make you effective in those areas with minimal time? So let me give you an example. Let's just say for a season, I've let my, my physical health deteriorate a little bit. I've gotten like, hey, I, I'm not really working out too much. I'm kind of eating bad. I've, I've gained some weight. Um, and maybe my marriage is not the greatest right now. So what do I need to do? I don't have the time nor the bandwidth to go spend two hours in the gym. I need to go get an effective workout in 35, 40 minutes. So how do I do that? How do I maximize that time with the least amount of effort not effort within that, but the least amount of time so I can have the results that I want. The same thing with my wife. If I want to create intimacy with my wife, it only takes about 10 minutes a day. I'll give you an example of that. Communication is a skill. If I only have seven minutes with my wife, that's plenty of time for me and then leftover. I'm kidding. That was a joke. I know you guys like dad jokes. That's what. Um, if I only have seven minutes with my wife. Mike's like, man, yeah, I got like I was, six minutes and 30 I, seconds left. Yeah, I was really holding back a joke there yeah. when you started. But no, all kidding aside, you know, a lot of us think like a connection with our wife has to be this grandiose event. Like, oh, it's this date night where the stars have to align. And, and, then, and then we don't connect in between. So if our date night is once a week or once a month, I can subside the other 29 days out of the month or whatever it is and know we're going to go on that date. That's not, that's not what you want to do. If you really want to connect with your wife, you can ask her better questions. So instead of saying, Hey, how was your day? Or how did you sleep? Or what's for dinner? Or what do we got going on this weekend? Those are not connecting questions. But if you ask your wife with minimal time with 100% intention and you take this thing and you literally put it down, it is not in your, in your hands. And you say, what was the best part of your day today? Tell me, why it was so meaningful to you. You ask a question like that, you're not gonna hear fine, good, busy, stressed out, overwhelmed. You're gonna hear a story and stories connect people. And that's what, so you, to answer your question, that's an example of you can never have balance, right? You can sometimes have all the time in the world with your wife and you're gonna go through seasons where that time, my wife and I, our time right now is so limited. We have, to have, we have these small windows of opportunity to connect and talk and catch up. 
and we've got to make it effective. And in order to make it effective, I have to know what to do. Just like if I was to come to you and say, hey, DJ, or hey, Mike, what stocks are the best ones to buy right now? I have no clue, right? You're going to be the one. You guys have the skill sets. You know what to go look for. Therefore, it makes you very effective and efficient without reinventing the wheel. You're like, oh, you won't here. Hang on. Let me pull up all my data, blah, 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 blah. Yep, here we go. These are the top 10 hottest stocks right now. Three of them are super strong. Here's what I recommend. So we don't need an absorbent amount of time. What we need, if we're balanced and optimization, we need skills. Yeah, no, those are some great points. And so kind of going off of that, like the way you just like explained it all was super eloquent and like well thought out and like all of that. But like, what if we're not in that position? You know, like if we feel like this is not my situation, so disclaimer, but you know, someone feels like their life is just like a total mess, like they're struggling in like four of those areas you listed or whatever. Like, how do you even go about like adjusting your mindset to prioritizing those? Because they're all important, right? I don't know. It might just be based off the individual too, but like, do you have thoughts or ideas on how you can prioritize those or at least get into the mindset of figuring out what's important to focus your energy on? Absolutely. That's, that's a great question. And I'm going to use a couple of examples to just really hit this home. What you're talking about, I think the theme that I think is really emerging, you tell me if, if I'm right or wrong, somebody who feels defeated and now unmotivated. Yeah. And maybe even a little lost. I don't even know where to start. You know, you mentioned something in there of uh, someone feels like, you know, that their life isn't, isn't, um, it, it's a mess. They feel like their life is a mess. They feel like they're lost, right? Those actually aren't feelings. They're thoughts. One of the things that I think your your audience would, would really be fascinated with is how often we use the the term, it feels like, or it feels like you don't listen to me. That's not a feeling. That's a thought. The story I'm telling myself is you're not listening to me. And when I have that thought, I feel sad. Feelings are one word. Thoughts are a sentence. That's an easy way to put it. So someone is having thoughts, right? The story I'm telling myself is my, my life is a disaster right now. Uh, I think that my marriage is completely lost. And when I think those thoughts, I feel very sad. I feel very confused. I feel very frustrated. The thoughts that I have are, I don't feel a connection with my kids. And when I have those thoughts, I don't connect with my kids. I feel very sad. I feel lost, overwhelmed. I feel frustrated. You know, the thoughts I'm telling, the story I'm telling myself is our finances are a wreck. I don't really know where to start there. I feel lost. Here's, here's the simplest thing. First of all, you, you mentioned something in there about prioritization. Okay, prioritization. One thing that I can tell you guys, for all of your guys out there who are married, this is, I've heard this time and time and time again. I have no statistics to back this up, none. But I've heard this time and time again from people who operate at a very high level, guys who have been on the podcast. When your marriage is operating at a very high level and you feel really connected to your wife and things are going really well, that's a recipe for other things in your life are going to start operating very well too. So a lot of people sidestep their marriages because they think I'm a father first, I'm married second. My advice is turn that around. You are married first and a father second. Your wife is your first priority and then your kids. Now, I'm not saying that if your kid like burns themselves on the stove, you can't be like, hey, I'm talking to your mom right now. 
<laughs> go, go rub some dirt on that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that their kids are still a high priority. They're, they're, they're like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction under their marriage. But your wife, like, listen, we're not going to teach our kids any relationship skills or how to connect with a woman unless they see us do it. So we're actually doing them a disservice by putting them 100% first and not the woman in your life. And, you know, reverse, it goes the same way. She's got to put you first for the kids, right? There's going to be times it doesn't happen. But my wife comes first. My boys come second. They even know that. And I, but I also tell them why, right? I'm like, it doesn't make me love you any less. I love you more than anything, but I'm doing you a huge disservice if I don't, if you don't get to see what it's like to have a functional relationship. So marriage, I, I highly encourage guys. Learn skills around communication, connection, intimacy with your wife. And when I say intimacy, I don't mean sex. If you're doing everything right outside the bedroom, you will have a lot of fun in the bedroom. I've been married for 18 years. My wife and I have more sex than I know what to do with. And it's because we do the right things outside the bedroom. So naturally, the result of that is we're going to be intimate more often. The other thing I'll say, too, is also analyze. Maybe it's not your marriage, but you can also analyze. And what I always ask men when they apply to be a part of Dadders Alliance Mastermind is I say, what has your attention? these days. Why did you apply to be a part of the mastermind? I will, whatever has their attention will come to the surface. What I can tell you is eight out of 10 men that apply for our mastermind marriage. A close second is their health and their kids. So usually it's marriage, but if it's, if it's something that I'll give you an example of health related. If your health is a priority to you and you're like, man, I just don't feel motivated. I just don't feel motivated to go to the gym. Let me just say this motivation. This is tough love. Motivation has nothing to do with you going to the gym. Nothing. Whether you feel like it or not is completely and totally irrelevant. I wake up every morning at 4.30 in the morning to go to the gym. I pick up my work, pick up my work workout partner by 10 till 5. We're in the gym by 5. You think I want to do it every day? There are times that alarm goes off and I'm like, oh my God, no. Please no, for the love of God, I don't feel like going to the gym. But I always walk out of the gym feeling a hell of a lot better than when I came in and it's, a, it's the first win of the day. So whether you feel like doing something or not, and I think just knowing that, because a lot of us will be like, well, I don't feel like it, so I guess I shouldn't. There are times where something doesn't feel right, and you got to listen to that, right? Like, oh, that doesn't feel right to me. That's intuitional intelligence. But there are other times where, like, we know something is going to have a high, is going to have a high ROI. We know something is going to have a benefit to it. We know something that's going to be good for us, yet we're like, I don't really feel like doing it. You know, whether you feel like doing it or not, do it. You know, and one other example that I'll share with you, if your marriage is suffering, you're going to be like, oh, it's so much easier to watch True Detective on Netflix or whatever it's on. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Then to talk to my wife, I'm exhausted. It's been a long day. Whether you feel like connecting to your wife or not, do it. Ask her a question. Don't turn Netflix on. So I think the answer to your question is really reflect on what has your attention and also know that if you don't feel like doing it, hey, that's okay. That's normal. Do it anyway. Mm -hmm. That's that is where true wins and consistency and action. That's where it takes place. If you want to get out of the weeds and out of the woods, step into the forest and keep walking, keep going, keep doing those things you don't feel like doing, and eventually things will start to happen. It's good stuff. You mentioned that you've been married for eighteen years, and for ten of them, you've been you were lost. What were your first steps? to finding your way out. I mean, right. You have your, you have the dad edge Alliance as like a resource. Now that didn't always exist. Right. Correct. And you know, that's not always been around, but how did you personally find your way out of this? Like what, what was like, I guess your moment or 
I'm ready to do something. I'm ready to change something up here and I need to figure out how to do it. What was that like for you? Do you care if I kind of storytell on that one? Not at all. Okay, cool. So I'll, I'll share with you the moment and then I'll share with you the story. My 13 year old, he was four at the time. This was in 2012. And I remember this vividly because I was your typical guy on the surface, had a great paying job. I was in medical device sales, really good at my job. So career-wise and leadership, I was, I was good in that, in that dimension. The other four, I was floundering a bit. On, on the surface, everything looked okay. Beautiful wife, two boys. Uh, but I was your typical, I don't really know how to navigate marriage. I'm not having the communication that I truly want. I'm not really patient with these boys. I feel like an idiot, like I'm floundering as a father. I want to be a good father. I don't know how to do that. I'm, you know, I'm quicker to anger than I would like. I lose my patience more than I would like. I wasn't beating anybody or hurting anybody or calling anybody names, but I just sort of did fatherhood like way out here. You know, like I was like, oh, I've got work and I've got hobbies and, you know, and then, then I'll do fatherhood. I didn't think that way at the time, but looking back on it, that's what I was doing. In my mind, I was like, oh no, I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm doing everything I can. I wasn't. My 13 year old was four at the time. He stepped out of line. I spanked him. He hit the ground. It was a harsh moment. I went to go help him up and he looked at me like I was a monster. I had never hit him up to that point. And that was my fault, not his. Now I'll share with you what was going on in my life. I did everything, you know, I, as far as my patience, my marriage, I, I shared that. Now looking back on it, my mom and biological father were married for four years. I was born in 1975. They got divorced like literally about nine months after I was born. My dad left. I never knew him. From the time I was one to four, there was no man in my life. There was no father in my life. I knew what a father was because I was in preschool. I still remember this to this day. I remember men coming to pick up their kids and I knew what a father was. I just knew that my mom hadn't found our dad yet because that was my understanding is that moms go out and find dads. Like I had no idea about fathers being a part of the picture the whole time. I'll never forget the first time my mom brought a man home. She'd been dating him for a while, met him at work. He was a white collar data software engineer. He came walking in our house for dinner to meet me. He had like the three piece suit on the double Windsor knot briefcase, trench coat, handlebar mustache. And the very first question I asked this guy was, are you going to be my dad? As I shook his hand, like literally that was my, that, and I just remember like this hush going into the room, like, oh my God, like what just happened here? And they did get married. They were married for six years. I didn't see him very often because he traveled a lot for work. But when I did see him, he was drinking a lot and he had a heavy hand. So I was hit a lot. My mom was hit a lot. Cops were called to my house multiple times. It was, it was crazy. It was a crazy divorce. I remember the last year that they were married, he fell into such a deep depression that he slept downstairs on the unfinished basement floor. And my mom slept upstairs. And, I, and about three or four times during the day, I would go downstairs to check and see if he was still alive. Because I was worried he was going to die. Because I never saw him come upstairs for water, for food, nothing. He would literally sleep in a coat on the floor. It was crazy. He left after that. Never saw him again. When I was 12, I ran into my biological father by mistake. I had never met him crazy situation. We hung out for about six months. He had a two-year-old son. He was married, another one on the way. And we hung out for like six months. And then he had a talk with me. It's me. It's not you. And we, we completely went separate ways. And that was horrible. Started eating real bad, gained a bunch of weight, failed the eighth grade, had to do eighth grade twice. Went on to high school, went on to college, graduated college, went into pharmaceutical sales, medical device sales. Here's where the story kind of ends. When I was 30, two things happened. Number one, I'd been married for three years, had, had a son on the way. And number two, I ran into my biological father again at a Starbucks here in St. Louis. 
total by accident. I was there for a meeting. He came walking in to get his morning coffee and we met. We've been, we've had a relationship now for the past 16 years, but that's a long way to say that my mom was married a total of three times. And every man that she was married to was a toxic alcoholic abuser. And then the guys that she dated in between were really no different. So it was this pretty much the same guy, just different face, different name. So half my childhood was spent with a father figure that was abusive and the other half was spent without one. So when I became a father, here, here's what I wanted. I was like, okay, on my watch, this is not going to happen. I'm going to be a great father. I had all the intentions to be a good father. I'm going to have a great marriage. And what I can tell you was, is I was half in, half out because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I was failing at it. My wife and I didn't have the communication we do now. We didn't have the closeness we do now. We didn't have the relationship we do now. Um, my boys, I just, I was just kind of there, you know, for their first six years. And it was after I spanked my son and I saw that happen. I was like, my wife actually had a sit down with me. And my wife is very low key, very tolerant, very patient. And she sat down and she told me, she's like, it's not really what I signed up for. And she looked at me and she goes, you're a great man. And you could be a really great father and you could be a really great husband. You have all the potential in the world. You're just in your own way. My wife doesn't talk to me like that unless she really means it, which is hardly ever. And when she said that, I listened. And that's when I was like, something's got to change. Is it counseling? Is it mentoring? Is it coaching? What is it? I don't know. So I just decided, I was like, well, maybe I'll start a blog and it'll just be like an imperfect father blog of just figuring this out. Started the podcast 2015. Wrote my first book, 2016. We started the Dadage Alliance because I joined a mastermind before that, and I saw I saw the power and the education of like-minded people who come together, and it has been an incredible learning experience ever since. I wish I could say it, it was it was birthed out of some magic, like that was really positive, but it was the opposite. No, that's really intense stuff. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry you went through it, but I'm sure you're not because I mean, it kind of turned you into the man that you are, you know, and I think that it makes you even more badass because not only did you not kind of fall in the, the ways that would have been easy for you because you knew it and it was familiar, you know, but you, you know, not only recognized it, but you kind of fought your way out of it, you know, against your maybe natural familiarity i won't call it your tendencies because you know it seems like you don't have those natural tendencies it seems but it could have been you know pretty natural for you so that's impressive that you fought your way out of it and not only that but you've kind of made your mission to help others and stuff which is that's super cool so yeah no man i, I think this has been super empower you know impactful for me very powerful you know a lot of a lot of really good information and you know it's got me thinking about a lot of things and i think you know the biggest thing that you kind of had mentioned for me, the, the take home, I, I feel like I do a lot of things well as a father and as a husband and stuff, but there's, there's always like, you know, it's that seasonality, like you mentioned, where it's like, you know, in certain seasons of my life, I'm struggling with this area or this area. And I feel like I can never get that full harmony, like you mentioned. And, and it's, it's, I guess it's um, validating to hear that that's, not necessarily realistic, but it's also actionable. The item that you gave, which is like to focus on the season that you're struggling with at that time is really important because I think that when, when I struggle with one season or with one aspect, it makes all of my aspects fall apart. And if I don't focus on the one, you know, then all of a sudden now I've got multiple problems that I didn't anticipate or whatever. So I think kind of trying to 
keep it reined in as much as possible and try and, you know, narrow down the, the issues and really focus on those is a, it's a really seemingly simple thing to, or simple, simple concept, but something that I had never really thought about. So I appreciate that. You bet, man. Mike, do you have any other questions for Larry before we uh, wrap this bad boy up? Yeah. I mean, I, I have a bunch that I could just, I could <laughs> ask you questions for like the rest of the day, probably. Um, <laughs> Same. I mean, I think it's a good stopping point for now. I would love to have you back, Larry, for another one, maybe down the down the road, because there's definitely more questions and stuff. I'd love to pick your brain. So if you'd be open to that, that'd be really cool. Uh, but yeah. we'll uh, we'll jump in. You know, I prepped you a little bit ahead of time. You know, we do our dad joke section, so we'll uh, lighten this up a little bit because that was a heavy episode, but it was good. I mean, I think that like it's it, that's stuff that we as dads need to talk more about. And I actually am really excited for Mike that you are doing stuff like this ahead of time. Cause I think I mean, we joke about you not being a dad yet or not being married, but I, I think it's really cool that like you get some of this like ahead of time. I think it could really equip you cause I wasn't equipped. All right, let's lighten things up. Mike, you got a dad joke for us. We'll give you, get you started. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll lead it off. All right. What is Batman's favorite fruit? I don't know. Grapefruit. Grapefruit. The double the double dad joke. Nice. I like it. I like it. Solid. What do you got for us, Larry? You got anything? I have one, yeah. This one and it's it's because I'm a big Will Smith fan. I'm actually trying to get Will Smith on our podcast. So I love Will Smith. Yeah, man, if you're listening. So how 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 do you follow Will Smith in the snow? Oh, I've heard I think, this one. I think I've heard it, but I don't remember it. You follow the Fresh Prince. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I love it. The first time I saw that, I busted out. I thought that was a great <laughs> joke. I actually was going to use it on the podcast. So, well, Too but, bad now you can't. Yeah, but Will Smith is a a big fan of the Stock Dads podcast. So nice. we'll, we'll, we'll hook you up, yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> right, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he knows who we are for sure. Yep. Uh, yeah, Um. okay. So let's see here. What do you call a fly with no wings? A brazen. <laughs> a walk. Oh. <laughs> a walk. Because <laughs> it doesn't fly. You get it? Oh, man. That's, it's not, that's not good when nobody I gets thought it. it was, I thought it was funny. <laughs> a raisin. That's an interesting. I don't know. I thought you were just going to say something dumb. <laughs> I mean, they're oh, kind of, you know, they're similar. Uh, I hate I hate this part of the podcast. <laughs> uh, all we're doing is we're just adding to the database. You know, we're just giving yeah. people giving people more you know tools to you know make their children cringe. So yeah. that's, that's what we do. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, Larry, thank you again for coming. Tell the people where they can find you. Give a give some you know actionable ways that they can follow your community and that kind of stuff. You bet. Uh, so you just everything we do is at thedadedge.com. So that's our website, thedadedge.com. Make sure you put the the in there. Um, also, just on Instagram and social media. Uh, so Instagram is at thedadedge. Uh, you can find me on Facebook just with my name, um, The Dad Edge, Real Dads with Purpose is our free Facebook community. Um, and then if you're, you know, if you're interested in in our in our mastermind Dad Edge Alliance, you can go to thedadedge.com forward slash alliance. Anywhere that you listen to uh, podcasts, we're on. Uh, we're on everything, Pandora, 
We're on Spotify, obviously iTunes, oh, Apple. I forgot yeah. to I forgot to boast about this for a second. Well, it's really your boast, but I'm boasting because you're on our show. But you have the number one dad and like the number one family podcast, right? Like something. Like, I just saw that. What did what'd you win? Or some like a recognition? No, no recognition. Just it, we we. <laughs> I wish I could say we won some some kind of prize, but no, it was just uh you know we we went to the cat. I had somebody message me and be like you know hey congratulations. I was like on what? And they're like your podcast is the number one podcast in the family section on iTunes. And I'm like what? Sure enough, I went there. We took a screenshot of it, and but no, it's not like it's not like Apple sends you something or anything like that. They still they still send me my cell phone bill. Well, <laughs> we also know the head, the head people at Apple, so we'll make okay. that happen too, right? They listen to our podcast as well for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's awesome, man. Very cool, super. That's super impressive, and uh, I can see why because I've listened to it a few times, and I've gotten a lot of nuggets and plan to listen to a lot more. So. Um, well, thanks for being on, man. Uh, and maybe we'll get you on again. Sounds good. Thank you guys. Yeah, awesome. appreciate it. Sweet. We'll wrap this up. Talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Stocks and Sandals podcast. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. Leave a five-star review and join our premium community on Discord at stockdads.com slash plans. You can also follow us on all major social media platforms. But most importantly, stay off the grass.